That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission for the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Sinbad's Fourth Voyage, Part 2. I regaled myself on their bounty and rested, and was content. When they had finished their work at the setting of the sun, they took me with them to the seashore, and I accompanied them in their vessel to an island, not far distant, where they brought me to their king. And there, before them and his court, at his command, I narrated my adventures since leaving Baghdad, at which his interest was kindled, and he bade me sit with him and eat. And I did so gladly, for my body was thin and meager, and my vigor was sorely wanting. After that, having shown my gratitude to the king, and offered praise to God for his saving grace, I rose and, with the king's permission, went forth into his city. It was a well-conditioned, flourishing place, thronged with buyers and sellers, and there was an abundance of food and rich merchandise. As day followed day and time drew on, I had cause to rejoice at my arrival in the city, for I found favor with the king, and he magnified me over his people and his great men, observing the ways of the people. I saw that the horses they rode were without saddles, whereupon I went to the king and spoke to him on the matter, describing a saddle and the ease and comfort of it. At this, the king desired me to make him one and placed at my disposal his cleverest carpenter and many tools and instruments. And I sat with the carpenter and instructed him on how to proceed, so that the saddle, covered with the polished leather and stuffed with teased wool, was soon complete. I attached the stirrup straps and girths and showed the blacksmith how to fashion the stirrups. Then, with the aid of costly fringes and trappings, the work was complete. Full of satisfaction, I sent for one of the king's finest horses, saddled him and bridled him, and led him before his majesty. He was greatly pleased at the sight of what I had done, and, when he had mounted the horse and sat in the saddle, he was overjoyed at the ease and pleasure of it, and bestowed upon me a large reward. When the king's chief officials and grandees of his court saw the saddle which I had made, they each all desired me to make others like it. Then, with the carpenter and the blacksmith, I employed many days in the construction of numerous saddles, and for these I received much gold and rose to an assured position in the land. The high rank and honor which the king had bestowed upon me had but half expressed his heart towards me. I was yet to learn that he had further favor in store. One day, while I was sitting at his right hand discussing affairs of state, he said to me, 
Oh, my son, seeing thou hast become as one of us, and we cannot part with thee, I desire that thou give ear to a matter which I have planned, and which will bind thee more closely to us. And I answered to him, For thy great kindness to me, O king, I am now and henceforth thy faithful servant. What dost thou desire me to do? And he looked at me intently and said, I would marry thee to a woman of high rank among us, one possessed of great beauty and wealth, and that thou mayest continue to dwell with us in pleasure and comfort with a good heart. Thus shalt thou advantage greatly, and receive every good thing at my hands, wherefore refuse me not, nor oppose my wish. I remained silent, for I was overjoyed by his proposal, and the stress of bashfulness it brought to my face. Seeing this, he rallied me and said, Art thou dumb? Is thy heart not with us? Then all of a sudden I replied, O king, thy words took away my breath. As thou commandest, I so obey. Pleased with my compliance, the king immediately ordered his officials to bring the lady and the witness, and forthwith I was married to her with the king's blessing and the acclamation of all his court. She was of surprising loveliness, and she brought me a dowry of abundant wealth and possessions. And to this the king added a magnificent house with servants and slaves, and assigned me a handsome salary, and I lived in ease and comfort our days being full of delights. Gone was all thought of the perils and hardships I had endured, and gone was the fear of adversaries in store. But there is no strength nor power but in God, and he orders the fates of men as he will. On an evil day, a great fear suddenly came to me by reason of a thing which I will make known to you. A companion of mine suffered a bereavement in that his wife died. Whereupon I went to him, and mourned with him, saying, Take heart, O brother, God will fill her place to thee with one far better. But he continued to weep, saying, Alas, how can I marry another when this very day I depart life? Nay, said I, that is not within reason, for thou art in good health, and not like to die. He then raised his head and dried his tears, and said to me very slowly, Hear me, O brother, knowest thou not, today they will bury my wife, and they will bury me also in the same tomb with her? For it is our custom, when the husband or wife is buried, the other must be buried also, so that neither may continue to enjoy life alone. By Allah, I said, smiting palm on palm, this custom is wholly vile, and it touches me closely. Then, as we continued to discuss the matter, there came others who condoled with my companion, grieving not only for the loss of his wife, but also that they should never see him more. And later in the day came yet others bearing a bier, and on this they laid the woman and carried her forth prepared for burial, with all her jewels and raiment and wealth, and the husband went with them. Through sympathy with my companion, and to bid him a last farewell, I followed this funeral procession till it halted in a distant spot on the seashore. There a great stone was lifted, and a vault was exposed. Into this they threw the body of the woman, and then, by means of a stout cord, they lowered the husband gently till he rested by her side. A pitcher of water and seven cakes were then let down to him, and, when he had freed himself from the cord, they drew it up and closed the sepulcher and went on their way. By Allah, said I within myself, as I smote myself on my breast, 
This manner of death is the worst of all. And on my return, I went to the king with grief and fear gnawing at my heart. O king, I said, tell me why is this? Why ye bury the living with the dead? Said he, O my son, it is the custom of our country and has descended to us from our ancestors. Husband and wife are one in death and in life. And I answered him with a question that concerned me nearly. O oh, my lord, I said, and the stranger that sojourneth with thee, if his wife die, do ye treat him in like manner? Yea, he replied, in like manner, even as thou hast seen. Then I departed from him in grief and mourning, lest I should perchance be bereft of my wife. In vain did I say to myself, Be comforted, maybe thou wilt die before her. None knoweth. In vain I did give myself up to my many-fold occupations. The fear was not to be dispelled. And within a short time, what I had feared came to pass. My wife was stricken with fever, and when I had reason to hope that she would recover, she suddenly relapsed and died. My grief at this was overwhelming, but as if to add to it, there came many to condole with me on her death and to mingle their tears with mine, for that I should soon be departing this life. The king himself came and commiserated with me on my most unhappy fate, and he said, There is no strength nor power in any but God. Farewell, O my son. And they prepared my wife for burial, arraying her in her richest garments and finest jewels. But when they carried her to the burial place and cast her down into the pit, and all my companions pressed upon me to bid me farewell, my gorge rose and I cried out upon them that their custom was vile. Loudly I spoke my bitter mind on the abominable nature of this thing. They would not listen, but took me by force and lowered me into the pit, together with the seven cakes and the pitcher of water. And when I had reached the floor of the vast cavern, they called down to me, Untie the ropes that we may draw them up. I answered, Draw me up with them. Nay, nay, they replied. We do but follow our custom. To the ravens with you and your custom, I retorted, for I had no stomach for this proceeding. Then, as I steadily refused to loosen the ropes, they at last threw them down upon me, and having closed the mouth of the pit, went their way. Listening to Empat Studios' presentation of the myths from around the world, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at Gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on Nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us.